Welcome back to Diary of an Empath. I just want to thank all of my new subscribers. I have been reading all of your reviews. I see all the ratings. Much love. I am so appreciative and I'm so happy that so many of you have tuned in to the last few episodes. So in today's episode, I want to jump right in. I get a lot of questions about the narcissist and the empath and why is it that we attract them? It seems like we attract so many of them. I get so many clients that come to me and they are dealing with a narcissistic abuser. They're dealing with a narcissistic partner. They tend to attract the same types of men or women. And to be honest with you, in my past, I have attracted a lot of narcissists myself. So that's something that I really wanted to touch base on because I feel like a lot of people ask these questions. And one of the biggest questions that I get asked is how do I avoid this for the future? How do I avoid attracting the same type of partner into my life? Because I know this is toxic, but I seem to always get into these same patterns. So for me, I'm an empath. I've been in narcissistic relationships. I've been in love with a narcissist. And if I'm honest, I feel like they were in love with me too. But there's very, very few things that are more dangerous and harmful than to be in a relationship with a narcissist. If you think about every kind of abuse, physical, verbal, mental, emotional, financial, think about manipulation and exploitation. Think about gaslighting, humiliation, and disrespect. And imagine it multiplied by a thousand. And if you can imagine that, you're getting close. Empaths naturally want to help others. And one of my biggest superhero traits and one of my worst traits, and I've talked about this before, is being able to see the best in people. And part of the problem with that is that I always put people on a pedestal. So even when I'm seeing these red flags, even when I'm seeing these yellow flags, it's like, okay, well, I can understand why this person would be like this, or they have all of these other good traits. So let me ignore these little flags. And that's the problem with empaths. And it's not necessarily a bad thing that you're like that. You just have to learn not to ignore the red flags when they come. Because when you ignore the red flags, and then you're six months, a year into the relationship, and then the emotions take over, that's when it becomes very difficult to get out of that web of abuse. So narcissist is a part of a personality disorder. If you really want to get into the nitty gritty of it, narcissism is one of the personality disorders categorized as cluster B, according to the DSM. Now, the DSM is something that us clinicians use to diagnose mental health disorders. It's kind of like the Bible of the mental health field. And narcissistic personality disorder is a mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a complete lack of empathy for others. It's kind of like they're wearing a mask of extreme confidence, but inside they're very fragile and they tend to have really low self-esteem. So even though on the outside they might seem very confident in a certain type of way, a lot of the reasons that they act the way that they do stems from really deep-rooted insecurities. And a lot of this stuff goes back to childhood traumas, childhood abuse, neglect. And sometimes, I mean, there's some theories that say there's genetic predisposition to it, but I would say the majority agree that it's most likely from childhood trauma. And, you know, narcissism, just as most of the mental health issues, it's not black or white. Everything is subjective. Everything can be individually different from person to person. Not every single person is going to exhibit the same exact behaviors, the same exact symptoms as the other person. 
There's even a term for healthy narcissism, which is the necessary amount of self-love and selfishness to be able to live life to the fullest without being a people pleaser. So there is a difference. So, you know, even some people can have narcissistic traits. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have narcissistic personality disorder. And even on the other end of the scale, what we find as selfish or entitled, you know, sometimes can just be something different to somebody else. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a narcissist. If we're talking about narcissistic personality disorder, there is an emotionally and morally flawed individual who is self-centered, deeply uncaring and cruel, incapable of empathy for others, and they hide behind this facade of like a very charming and attractive person. So why is the narcissist attracted to the empath? I think it's really easy to understand from the narcissist point of view because the empath is everything that the narcissist will never become. Kind, caring, supportive, empathetic. The empath listens, understands, and is emotionally available. So again, we are natural healers. So we want to know everything about the person that we're with. We want to know what drives our partners. We want to know their traumas. We want to know why they are the way that they are because we seek to understand. We don't want to just get to know you on the surface level. We want to know who you are and why you are the way that you are. Because of our ability to be able to deeply understand, the narcissist easily is attracted to us because we are giving them the attention that they crave. We make them happy. And that's what the narcissist wants, to be loved to be cared for, to be helped, and to take. The void in the narcissist is so crippling that they need to go to the extreme lengths to fill it. That's the problem. So then the question is, why are we attracted to the narcissist? In the beginning, the narcissist is extremely charming. They are filling of all this love that we crave at our core. So, and they're showing it to us. And a lot of times you have to be careful because they will do something called love bombing. Love bombing is when it's just over the top in the beginning. You're my soulmate. You're everything I've been looking for. We're going to be together forever. You know, when it's too much too soon or when it's very, very strong, here's the thing. In the beginning, all relationships are going to be their best, right? Everyone wants to show their best self. They want to put in all this effort. The butterflies are there. But love bombing takes it to another extreme. When someone is love bombing you, it's like literally a bomb of love. It's a lot to take in. And that is your first red flag. So you have to be really careful. They're showcasing their irresistibility, telling at every corner how wonderful they are. And, you know, it's going to go back and forth. You might sense that something is off almost immediately. Don't ignore that because when you feel like something is off, you're picking up on those frequencies. Everything is energy. And most of the times, empaths tend to have a higher frequency. So when somebody comes into your space and your aura, you are going to sense when their frequency is lower and you're just going to feel like something is off, almost like you're listening to a radio and you're trying to fine tune it and you just can't dial in. Really, really pay attention to that, especially especially when they're coming in openly, how wounded they are, that it's not an act, they're broken inside. Don't go into savior mode because it's not your responsibility to fix them. The narcissist cannot be helped and more importantly, doesn't want help. And here's the thing. I am not coming from a clinical standpoint right now because I am by all means not saying that if you truly have narcissistic personality disorder that you can't seek help. 
But I will be honest that as a clinician, in my experience, it is very rare that someone with true narcissistic personality disorder seeks help. And it is very rare that changes are made because most likely when a narcissist is coming to therapy, it's because their spouse has dragged them there and they're usually very unwilling to see their part in the relationship or where it has gone wrong. And most of the time they don't want help. Oftentimes, the narcissist relationship is very codependent and it revolves around superficially fulfilling the needs of only one person who can be neither satisfied or happy. It's kind of like a leaky bucket. No matter how much you pour into it, it's never going to fill up and it's never enough. So it's like you keep trying and trying and trying and it just doesn't seem to go anywhere because most of the time they're not going to change and they're not capable of the type of emotion and empathy and compassion that's needed to become a fair, loving and caring partner. And that's what the empath We crave that from our partner. We want that from our partner because we so willingly give it to others. And so it's really hard to avoid the charisma of the narcissist. And so we fall into this trap and then it just becomes this cycle of abuse. So what do you do if you are an empath? Well, first and foremost, you have to develop a really strong sense of self because when you really truly know who you are, you know your abilities, you know what red flags to look for, you know when your intuition is telling you that something's off, you're going to start to learn to trust it. I still meet narcissists and I'm not telling you that you're never going to meet another one, but you just have to pay attention to the red flags early on so you don't waste your time. And unfortunately, you probably will continue to meet narcissists. It doesn't mean that you won't meet a healthy partner, but because of our abilities to just be so understanding and so empathic and because of the narcissist's abilities to be so charismatic and so charming in the beginning, we tend to attract each other. So again, you just have to be really mindful and have a very strong sense of self trust your intuition from the beginning and do not ignore those red flags because it's unrealistic to expect that the narcissist is never going to recognize their problems. You also need to set really good boundaries. Boundaries is extremely important when it comes to toxic relationships. So it's okay to be selfish. I talked about this on my last podcast. You can't give to others on an empty cup. So if you're constantly giving everyone, here you go, here you go, here you go, and you have an empty cup, you can't be your authentic self. You can't help others. You have to fill your cup before you can fill the cup of others. You have to be a little bit selfish sometimes. Selfishness is the best gift that you can give to others because when you're your best version of yourself, you can be the best mom, the best wife, the best partner, the best friend, You know, whatever that is for you, that's very important that you do things for yourself and you have to protect your energy because if you're constantly giving to the narcissist and they will take, they will take, 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 you will have nothing left. So do not feel surprised if you find yourself feeling drained around this person. So that's another red flag that I tell people is if you're around this person and you're constantly just feeling drained, it's because they're sucking the emotional energy. I call them emotional sucking vampires because that's what they are. They kind of drain all that emotion, all that energy that you have. So you have to practice self-care. You've got to learn to say no if something doesn't fit your schedule, if it doesn't fit your own needs, your own expectations. Saying no is not being rude. It's teaching others about your needs and boundaries. And I'm a firm believer that we teach people how to treat us. So when you are constantly letting somebody get away with things or push the boundaries or doing things that you're uncomfortable with, you are teaching them how to treat you. You are entitled to say no to others 
who are using you or your help or time or energy without getting anything in return. You have the right to say no. You are not obligated by any means to say yes. I struggle with this because I always want to help people and I'm always trying to go out of my way. Like if someone says, hey, can you do a reading for me? Or if it's a friend or whatnot, I'm usually the first one to say, don't worry about it. I got you. You know, if I can help, I will. But I've been in situations with people who I've been in friendships with and relationships with. The minute I say no for something and I keep those boundaries, then I'm a bad friend or, you know, God forbid, and the whole world goes to shit. But at the end of the day, I'm comfortable with that because I know my limits and I know my boundaries and I have to be selfish with certain aspects of myself because otherwise I'm just going to drain myself completely. And I have learned over the years that in order to protect my own energy, sometimes it's a necessity to say no. And if they care about you, they're going to understand those boundaries. Just a side note. Another thing when it comes to the narcissist relationship is you really have to learn how to trust your instincts. And the irony here is that we have amazing instincts, but we don't always trust them, especially if you're really new with understanding your abilities, understanding what an empath is. You may find that you start to question your intuition. So when your intuition is going off and you just have a weird feeling that something doesn't feel right, you have to trust it because the odds are that it's likely something really going on. And what will happen is your ego will want proof behind it. What's your proof? Because it's our logic, right? What is the evidence that you have behind what you're feeling? And so then the ego and the intuition, they start to fight. They go back and forth and then we start to overthink. So if you've ever been in a relationship, especially a narcissistic one, where you are overthinking yourself to death, it's probably because your intuition is picking up on the bullshit but your brain doesn't really have any evidence behind it because chances are they're gaslighting you. And then you start to overthink the relationship. You start to overthink yourself. You start to question yourself. Am I making too big of a deal out of this? Am I overthinking? And you need to trust your instincts a lot more. Give yourself credit for your own feelings and your suspicions. Think back on it. How many times has your instincts been right? Because I can guarantee you when you look on your past relationships or even your past situations with this person, with your partner, nine times out of 10, I can guarantee you that your intuition was right. I can guarantee it. Your instincts are there for a reason and it's to save you, even if it's to save you from yourself. So you need to believe in yourself. Do not second guess that. Don't second guess yourself. I promise you, I've done it way too many times and learn from my mistakes. Also, you need to watch out for the red flags, yellow flags, I don't care what kind of flags. You need to watch out for them and don't ignore them. I think when it comes to narcissists, the red flags are almost always there from the beginning. The gaslighting, the love bombing, the intuition that's just going off, feeling drained, or maybe it's a toxic cycle of kind of like up and down, the mood swings, those types of things you really need to pay attention to because the red flags are there for a reason. And don't ignore them because even if you decide not to see them, just because they aren't close, they're covering everything else from your vision, you need to take a step back, observe everything from a distance, and just ask yourself, if this was a friend, what advice would I give to my friend? So you really, really need to be very, very mindful of those red flags. And when you see the red flags, this is an important one. You need to learn to walk away. This is the hardest part. Because once we've developed feelings, especially for empaths, we cling on. We are emotional creatures. 
We are passionate. We love deeply. We feel deeply. And most of the time, we're either all in or we're all out. There's really no middle ground for us. We either are we're really into someone or we're not into someone at all. So when we get to the point where the red flags are there, it's really hard to walk away because we're invested. Even if it's only been a month, even if it's only been two months, to us, we feel so strongly that we feel invested. So it's extremely important that you do not ignore the red flags and that you overcome your emotions and that you step away. It's not because your ego, it's not your dignity. It's not because you failed. You didn't fail them. You didn't fail to save them. You didn't fail to keep your promises. Walking away is the best thing you can do for yourself and self-love. And that's the best thing you can do for your self-worth as well. And I can guarantee you that when you look back hindsight, you're going to be like, I dodged a complete bullet. It is not your job to fix people, period. It's not. That's what therapists are for. That's what growth is for. That's what spirituality is for. But it's not your job to fix them. It's not. I'm sorry. It's also really important to be aware of when your partner is gaslighting you or when someone in your life is gaslighting you because gaslighting is a technique to manipulate. I want to go over some of the techniques that people use when they are gaslighting. And the first one is called withholding, meaning that he or she refuses to listen or says that they don't understand. So you can be telling your partner something that they did that you don't like and they just are oblivious to it and act like they don't even remember or they don't understand what you're talking about. Another technique is called countering. And this is when the abuser questions the gaslighting's memory of an event. So you can be telling your partner, hey, I didn't like it when you said X, Y, or Z, and they act like they don't even remember it, or they question your memory of the event. And then you think you're going crazy, like maybe I didn't say that, or maybe this didn't happen. Another technique is called blocking or diverting. And this is when the abuser changes the subjects or just questions the victim's thinking. So they might completely question why you're even coming off the way that you are or why you're even thinking the way that you are instead of actually addressing the issue. They may even try to trivialize what you're trying to say by making your needs or feelings seem unimportant, like you're just making way too big of a deal out of the situation. Or they might even just be in complete denial. And this is when they just pretend to have forgotten what actually happened or they just deny something that they previously agreed to. But if you look at the common denominator to everything that we just talked about, it makes you feel like you're going crazy. And that's really what gaslighters do. So if you're constantly second guessing yourself or having trouble making decisions, they might be gaslighting you. If you're ruminating about a perceived character flaw, like you're being too sensitive or you're not good enough as a person, they might be gaslighting you. If you feel unclear about your thoughts your feelings, your beliefs, if you're always apologizing, if you're always making excuses for your partner's behavior and you can't understand why you're not happy in your own life or you know something's wrong but you just don't know what, really take a look and evaluate how your communication is with your partner. And I would really ask yourself if all of these things that we have mentioned resonates with you, then you're probably somebody who has been in a situation where the other person was gaslighting you at some point. Then you have to ask yourself, what do you do if you are being the victim of someone who's gaslighting you? I don't know what the, how would the other term be? Gaslit? I don't know. (laughs) 
I don't know if that's a term, but we're going to say gaslighting. If you are the victim of someone who is gaslighting you, the first thing you need to do is identify the problem. So just knowing that someone's gaslighting you is the first step because I remember in past situations where I was someone who was on the receiving end of it and I really never knew. I would just always question myself, like, am I going crazy? I I feel like I want to bang my head against a fucking wall right now because I know I'm not going crazy, but I feel like I'm going crazy. And once you recognize that someone is gaslighting you, give yourself permission to feel the way that you feel, have compassion for yourself, and know that what you're feeling is valid. What you feel is your feelings. You are not overthinking, and you have every right to express your feelings to the other person. When someone tries to invalidate you for bringing up something that is an issue or something that bothers you or something that you feel is important to speak about, that person does not belong in your life because anyone who cares about you is going to validate your feelings. Anyone who cares about you is going to communicate and not try to gaslight you in order to deflect from the situation. Now, I'm not saying that every single person who gaslights you is a narcissist because sometimes people deflect for other reasons. But if you start to notice a pattern, you need to recognize when someone is gaslighting you and set your boundaries. I think for me, my biggest lesson when it came to my past relationships, especially the lessons that I've learned from the narcissistic relationships that I was in, was to really take my time. Because for me, I tend to put people on a pedestal. I have a very idealistic way of thinking and I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but I always want to see the good in people. And I put them on this pedestal and have these idealistic views of who I think they are, who I want them to be, and who they're telling me that they are. But I never gave it enough time to really see if the actions matched up to the words. And of course, in time, the actions showed that they weren't matching and that they were toxic behaviors and toxic relationships. So I told myself that my next relationship, I was going to really take my time. Now I've been single for almost six years and I've dated here and there and I've even met a narcissist or two along the way, but I've gotten really good at recognizing those red flags really early on and walking away. I am not going to stick around for that bullshit no more ever again. And as you continue to learn the lessons and dating is not easy in this generation, but you will get better at recognizing the red flags. And a friend of mine a long time ago made a really good point to me. I told her, you know, dating is really hard because I feel like nothing ever lasts more than four to six weeks. And she told me that's because you're dating correctly. A lot of people date and they ignore red flags and they stick around and they end up from relationship to relationship or they end up dating someone for six months and then they're in another relationship for another six months and then it never adds up to any substance or value. When you're dating with a purpose, when you know what you want, when you're not ignoring the red flags, you will find that within four to six weeks, the person is going to show you who they truly are and you're not going to stick around for the bullshit. You'll get better at it. And so my biggest takeaway from my past relationships with narcissists have been to take my time. People will always show you who they are and what their true intentions are if you let them. Time will always show someone's true colors. And it's really hard for us to be patient because we just feel so much, but it does get easier and it takes time, consistency, and practice. 
So I really hope that you all got some good information from this podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, please rate, tell your friends, share the podcast. And until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Diary of an Empath. <music>